look at brands like Subaru, if you look at their social media and their traditional advertising, you'll see they use the word love all the time. And what you will see in return is that their consumers use the word love when they're responding, or they'll use a heart emoji to represent love. It's actual relationship building. Welcome to an Encore podcast presentation from Forbes Books at ForbesBooks.com. I am here with Fabio Tambosi from Tambosi Creative Leadership. Of course, you can find him at FabioTambosi.com and FTambosi on Twitter, Tambosi Creative on Facebook. He's everywhere, that Fabio Tambosi. And we're also here with Brooke B. Sellis. She's the founder and CEO of B Squared Media. Their website is B squared.media. So that's letter B squared.media on Twitter and Facebook at, I love this, Brooke. Hello, B squared. That's awesome. And Brooke is also on Twitter at Brooke Sellis. Sellis is S E L L A S. Welcome, Brooke. Um, I'm really thrilled to talk to you. And let's, you know what? I actually want to hear about hello, B squared for Twitter and Facebook as your handles, because I'm guessing as a social media guru and the owner, the founder and CEO of B Squared Media, you're going to tell us, don't do the predictable thing. <laughs> well, funnily <laughs> enough, there, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. But to dive right in and answer your question, yeah, so there was already a B Squared Media when I started B Squared Media, which was a very upsetting because, you know, as a someone who comes up with your company name and your yes. brand, you're thinking, oh, this is fantastic. And then you go out there to social channels and somebody has your handle. Yeah, and we've all been, we've all impressed. had the perfect <laughs> yeah. name, but we couldn't get the dona- domain name or the handle or the what have mm-hmm. you. And so you found the perfect solution. Yeah. And so I said to myself, you know, I can't let this get me down. I'm a marketer. This is my job. So we came up with Hello Be Squared and we had already had a um, tagline, which is think conversation, not campaign. But what we did was create a sub tagline that um, says a simple hello can lead to a million things, which is on a lot of our marketing collateral and our website. So that's where we came up with the second tagline, which led into Hello, Be Squared. I love that, by the way. Both Think Conversation, Not Campaign, and A Simple Hello Can Lead to a Million Things. Those are some two really powerful pieces of branding. So Thank um, you. What, yeah. a good, what a good recommendation for you, wouldn't you say, Fabio? <laughs> oh, it's for sure, Greg. I, I, Brooke, I, why, why conversation? Uh, well, you know, it's funny. I think... When we all jumped on social media in the beginning, you know, from a consumer's perspective, that's what it was, right? It was connecting with people and having conversations and um, discussing things and even, you know, maybe heated discussions about things. But when companies jumped on the social media bandwagon, they went immediately into like sales mode and that me, me, me mode of talking about themselves. And it just kind of like took the allure out of social media as consumers know it and what and i remember that time right i mean every brand thinks they had to have this massive production house of like oh gotta get my facebook team on what has changed since then oh my gosh what what hasn't changed since then might be the better question (laughs) i think you know now companies get it i do still think that companies struggle with conversation mostly around customer service 
So if you look at some of the reports out there, it's still taking brands on average like 10 hours to respond to customer service type requests on social. And I think that should be no different um, mm-hmm. than any other form of customer service or communication that company or that brand has. And if, if it takes 10 hours off- offline, well, then they need to just restructure the entire customer yeah. service department. <laughs> but, you know, it should be, it should be as real time as possible um, yeah. on social which is what we tell our clients yeah. and how we do our own work, um, which we all have to sleep, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but when a human's involved, you know, if you can respond within, you know, 60 minutes, 100 minutes at most, that's kind of our best practice at B-squared. So this is what you recommend. That's what I was going to get to as, as a follow-up question. Is there is there like a standard time that you recommend people to respond? Because sometimes... How, how do you identify what is the right time or topic to actually engage? Because otherwise you're just, just reacting, you're not really listening. Right. So our standard response time is we say same day response. Um, but we go a lot further with our clients, especially some of our enterprise size clients mm-hmm. who join B-Squared for customer service related needs. And their KPIs are much different our key performance indicators so for instance we work with a um, a large credit union and they are big on customer service online through um, social media so our key performance indicator with this particular client is that we have to be able to respond within 60 minutes so not only did they give us access to their marketing team 60 60 minutes yeah 60 yeah 60 um, so within the hour, and they, they gave us access not only to their marketing team, but also to their customer service team and to their um, call center and communications team. So we have access to everyone we need to, you know, run anything up the chain to get it answered quickly. Mm-hmm. So we, we try to beat that 60 minutes, but sometimes we're having to go through several channels to, to get an answer. Do they publicize that 60 minute goal? No, they have not publicized that goal yet, but it's something that we've actually been talking about with them um, to publicize once we kind of get that average down pat and we're and we're doing that because that's a huge differentiator. I mean, if you're looking right. at especially the finance brands out there on social, they're not doing so great. <laughs> so <laughs> once we have this down, I think that would be a huge selling point for them for sure. We're we're talking with Brooke B. Sellis. She's the founder and CEO of B Squared Media, obviously a social media agency. They're at bsquared.media. It's letter B squared.media on Twitter and Facebook at hello B Squared. I, I just love that. I, I'm curious, Brooke. Uh, so first of all, if you want to name drop your clients, go ahead. If you don't feel that's appropriate, don't, but you certainly can if you want to. Uh, sometimes people feel a little sensitive about that, but it, it's fine here and it's fine if you don't. But my question for you, this tagline or slogan, think conversation, not campaign, I would love to hear about the kinds of reactions you get from clients, both small and large. I, I'm wondering how that hits them and what they say to you about it. <laughs> a really sad and pathetic answer but <laughs> I don't think they care too much about it you know I'll, I'll, I'll rephrase that 
the smaller and medium-sized clients don't necessarily align with that. What they align with more is that we're a done-for-you social media management company. They're just looking for someone to come in and take it off their plate because okay. they may not even have a marketing team, right? They, but they know they need to be out there. I think the larger clients, um, the more enterprise-sized clients that we work with, those clients actually do align very well with that. And that has helped us, I think, um, position ourselves um, to those enterprise size clients because they they do understand the importance of the conversation versus the campaign on social because they have, you know, a whole team of marketers or even a social media person or persons, you know, communication teams, customer service teams, and they're all intertwined into social. So I just think they have the resources and the time to understand what we're trying to say with our mission, whereas, you know, some of the smaller clients who we don't want to throw out or disregard just don't even have the time to think about that because literally they just they just need someone to plug in and get it done. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's a great differentiator for you, whether it's, it's significant to them at that level or not. So, you know, you should be, I applaud you for it. Uh, and I understand completely why your larger clients sense to them because it's, it's, it's probably a perfect place for them to, to be looking and going. Right. I, I love, yeah, agreed. I, I love, I love the, the different approach that you've taken in terms of uh, taking that think conversation, not campaign, but I want to talk a little bit of what you mentioned briefly and then done for you because the, the duality of what you bring in here is. Fabio, Fabio, you cut, you cut out. I'm going to have you start the question over again. Okay. Is it better now, Greg? Yes. Okay. So, Brooke, what I'd like to, to go a little bit deeper with you here, you talked about the done-for-you aspect of your business, right? And, and the interesting as, aspect that I look at this is the duality of this delivering a personal service at scale, right? Mm -hmm. How do you educate your, your clients about that? Because that, that's what personalization is such a big item right now in the marketing agenda. And I think you, you're ahead of the curve with that aspect. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, well, it, it kind of goes hand in hand. I mean, I would be scared to death if you told me you were working with a social media company um, who was managing social the same way for every account. You, you literally cannot approach it that way in my mind because, you know, if you're trying to be a brand who is connecting to consumers online, then you also must be a person on the other side of the screen. And so when we're talking about one-on-one -on -one or person-to-person -person connections, you can't, um, you can't really scale that, right? You can't make that standard. It has to be personal. So the people who we hire um, mm -hmm. come from a social background, they come from a customer service background, they understand that need to be human, and then can work with the client to kind of personalize everything that we do. So while the contract is standard, and Fabio, mm -hmm. you know this, the mm -hmm. clients all want something different. So we mm -hmm. can tweak and pinch things to fit exactly what the client needs when it comes to representing their brand online in a human way. This is great. And what, what I'm trying to get a little bit further, Brooke, is how can you translate that to the consumer, right? Because at the end of the day, the consumer is the one that needs to feel that he's getting that personal conversation with the brand. 
how do you mm -hmm. go about getting to that point where you're doing that at scale as well for your clients? Um, well, it just depends on the on the client and their budget. Obviously, everybody has a different budget, but for some of the smaller clients, it's just coming out with um, different ways we can do outreach for that client. So mm -hmm. our um, community managers or account managers will do outreach on behalf of that client. And for some of the larger enterprise size clients, it's using tools, uh, social listening tools, so that we can actually use keywords and keyword phrases to locate certain conversations that are happening around that keyword or keyword phrases, um, and then join that conversation to either try to steer it in a certain sales direction or in a PR direction or in a branding direction. Again, every client's directive is different. Um, but depending on budget, you know, we can go from, hey, here's what we can do on a small scale to, hey, here's what we can do on a large scale using some really powerful mm -hmm. and moderately expensive tools. <laughs> so you're, you're saying you, it, it's not that one size fits all. It's not an off the shelf uh, solution that you have. So if I'm a brand leader and I'm sitting at home now listening to you, what are the things like the one thing or to maximum three things that I can do tomorrow and maybe start talking to my team about starting conversations online and feeling that we're delivering this tone of voice in this personal aspect of the brand. What are the three steps, let's say, to, to start things moving, whether I'm a big client or a small client? So I'm going to get nerdy on you for like five minutes, not even five minutes, like five seconds, five minutes <laughs> is a long time. <laughs> um, but I did my um, undergraduate thesis work on social media and the social penetration mm -hmm. theory. And the social penetration theory was actually um, created in the 1960s by two social psych psychologists. And what they said was that humans build relationships based on four levels of disclosures. Um, so there's cliches, there's facts, there's opinions and there's feelings. And I, I do a lot of my, my backend research for our clients and a lot of writing on this, but what I'm seeing happening a lot of times out there is that brands are trying to start conversations with consumers using cliches or facts. So, you know, you'll see like the inspirational quotes on the background. Brooke, I'm sorry, yeah. we, we lost you there. So oh, even no. brands are, yeah, I don't know. We had a great connection and now it doesn't seem to be so. Mm. You said brands, brands. So, start the answer brands. before the answer that included cliche, if you would. I apologize. Okay, sure, <laughs> sure. So what I'm seeing a lot of times happen is that brands are trying to start conversations with con consumers on a cliche level or on a facts level. So they're, they're having, you know, water cooler cliche conversations or they're giving out facts, but they're not getting into the two deeper level disclosures, which the two social psychologists said, the deeper into disclosures you go, giving opinions and telling feelings, the more trust there is, the faster a relationship is built. So if you our brand and you're looking to have these types of conversations with your consumers, I would say try to look beyond cliches and facts, which is where most, I think, brands sit on social media and try to get it more into opinions and feelings. Um, you could look at brands like Subaru. If you look at their social media and their traditional advertising, you'll see they use the word love all the mm. time. And what you will see in return is that their consumers use the word love when they're responding or they'll use a heart emoji to represent love. So I think 
try to come at it from a much deeper level. It's actual relationship building. Just like you said, you can't scale the whole like standard, you can't standardize relationship building. It does have to be personal. So I think if you're going to, if you want it to be personal for your brand, you're going to have Mm. to get to opinions and feelings. Where does sense of humor fit into that? I'm thinking of, for instance, you've probably, I think everybody has probably now at least seen once or twice the moon pie Twitter. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember if it's on Twitter or Facebook, but it's fantastic. I mean, the, whoever these comedy yeah. writers are, I mean, they have a future. Yeah. Well, it's, it depends. Like some of those memes and, and gifts and whatnot could be considered cliche, but they work because they're entertainment type content. And mm-hmm. if you look at why people go to social media, it's to be entertained. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it works on that level, but a lot of it's opinion too. So even in our political climate, which, you know, I definitely don't want to talk about politics, but even if you look at the brands who have made a stance, you've seen a very large response to that stance. And that's because consumers love that they're, they're, they're basically defining who they are as a person, right? Right. It's not just like a corporate face of a brand. They're saying, I, I swing this way or that, and people are really getting behind that. Mm. So when you you talk to me, I love this notion of going looking beyond the cliche aspect and making those, you know, anyone can claim statements. How would you go about uh, helping your client identify the right space? What is that attribute, the tone of voice that will trigger the emotions and opinions in your in your customer base? Yeah, I think you can start small, like dating. Right, you go on the first date and. You give a little bit of information about yourself or those opinions about yourself. Like, mm-hmm. and it could be, um, you know, easy or a safe space. Like here, um, you know, we're a pen company and we make blue pens and black pens and red pens. What would you guys think if we made a green pen? What's mm-hmm. your opinion? How do you, or how do you feel about that? And see what your audience comes back with. I think from a product development standpoint, if you can use, social media for research and development, mm. that's huge. And that's using opinions and feelings as a way to understand, um, you know, what you can do next. Mm. But you can also ask opinions about your own products and services, feelings about your own products or services. If you're a mattress company, you could ask questions about um, how people feel about sleepless nights or what are some of the feelings that they experience when they can't sleep. Then you can turn back around and use those answers in your copy for advertising for your next social media campaign using your consumers words right back at them so i just think you know if you're you come at it from a research um mind right if social media is your playground and you look at it that way versus like oh i have to post x times per day or or whatever it is you'll do a much better job you know what's interesting as I'm listening to you, and we're talking with Brooke B. Sellis. She's the founder and CEO of B Squared Media. They're at letterbsquared.media on Twitter and Facebook at Hello B Squared. <laughs> we, we hear cliches about media. We won't even go to the cliches about media because that's sort of like talking about <laughs> politics. That's not what I meant, but I realized as I said it what it sounded like. But we hear cliches about media and, uh, and advertising. Um, like, for instance, it, it's really common to hear now consumers don't trust brands anymore. Mm-hmm. And yet, ironically, as I think about what you've been telling us, 
I would think that consumers don't trust brands that don't present themselves as trustworthy because I think other brands are like the Subaru. I mean, the minute you said it, you didn't even have to say the word love, but the phrase that I could have repeated verbatim was Subaru. No love. It's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. I mean, that's just been drilled into my head and, and I trust Subaru because they did that. So it's not that I don't trust brands. I don't trust some brands and others. I think I have a higher level of affinity for, and I don't think I'm alone. So can you kind of talk about that as, as a paradox? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, there's a lot of other brands using those feeling words, especially the word love has become very popular in the past mm, couple of years. Um, With authenticity. Yes. With authenticity. Um, HTTP. uses love um dsw which is i think stands for discount shoe warehouse is using love in a lot of their posts and there's a million other brands out there where you can find that they're using the word love or you know the emoji for the word love the Mm -hmm. little heart emoji or the Mm -hmm. emoji with the you know the heart eyes or the kissy uh heart emoji they're using that in their copy and you'll see a lot of times they're getting mimicked in the consumer response, which is fascinating from a psychology standpoint, um, because, you know, this is how we humans learn, right? Everything that we learn is through mimics. We learn how to speak and we learn how to walk and we learn how to talk and all the things that we do is through mimicking. Um, so I'm sure there's something bigger there. I'm not a psychologist. I just play one on TV, but, <laughs> but I think it's fascinating to kind of take this this theory that was formed in the 60s, way before we even had any of this online stuff, and really look at how social media um, is really just part of like human interaction, um, mm. and 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 how we as humans are wanting to be social and connect with one another. And so, so fa- again, no, sorry, go ahead. It's just fascinating, Brooklyn. And listen, every time we have deep conversations around marketing, a lot of people ask me tons of times. It's so, what. How do you do marketing? And I always go back to marketing's common sense, right? And you quoting 1960s studies, right? What, what, <laughs> what is the future? Where, where are we going? Because it feels like we're almost coming full circle, right? Like, mm-hmm. It's all this cyclical aspect of what's happening. But what, where are we going with the marketing discipline? I think it's go, it's just a big pendulum, right? So if you if you look at, um, I think it was Mark Schaefer, our friend Mark Schaefer, who wrote a post about this. You know, back in the day when when we all lived on farms near each other, you you did business with farmers who who you knew, right? And so obviously social media has kind of made that landscape at scale. We don't necessarily do business with with a farmer who's right next door or within our city, but it's still the people that we know. So I think as a brand, you have to let your consumer get to know you. And if you go back to that theory, you know, cliches and facts, they're funny, they're great, um, you know, it's informational, but that really doesn't tell you who I am as a brand. And so I think as a brand, you have to figure out who you are, build your persona. You know, if you ha- if it's too hard to try to figure out like who your brand is, so one of the exercises we do with some of our clients is if your brand was a celebrity, who would they be? So try to figure out who your brand celebrity is and then use 
that person to help you figure out how to talk in opinions and feelings and have conversations around opinions and feelings so people get to know you and then they want to use you because they feel like they know you. Yeah, I'm going to tag into a brand celebrity that I, she is a brand now. It's Kim Kardashian, right? A lot of people talk about it. But when you look at it, I give a lot of credit. They built a multi-billion dollar enterprise, right? And then you talked about Kim, she truly, she, she uses her Twitter account, her fans to make decisions on product development, right? How, how do you take the brands a step deeper to personify their, their brand? And so people, consumers feel connected. And then that trust issue that Greg was talking about is it comes out and, and you remove that, that barrier and then you can build a relationship for a longer term. How, how would you recommend us to do this if I'm trying to personify my brand? And I actually, Brooke, before you answer that, before you answer that, I want to jump in and add to it, which is I think we live in an age today where some brands, like some celebrities, which are just brands, right, mm-hmm. create such incredible loyalty that people feel like it's their brand. You know, mm-hmm. Apple, I think people, I, maybe it's not quite true about Har- Apple. Harley Davidson, Greg. Harley Davidson. I mean, there's some brands where I feel like it's, it's my company. I know I don't own the company and I know I don't yeah. work there, but I feel like I'm part of the company. And, and how do you get there? Can you deliberately get there? Or is it luck? How does that happen? It's like magic. <laughs> I think this is, this is the question. The question you guys are asking, I think is why we are where we are with social media and advertising. Um, because, and this is why it's so difficult, because not every company has the ability to just give up the reins like that, right? If you look at the companies who have become these personified brands, or a, a Kim Kardashian, they've let people in. They've, they've put all the cards out on the table, and there are plenty of companies out there, and, and rightfully so, I'm not saying they're wrong, who have way too much red tape to go through to get to that point. However, if they don't figure out how to go through that red tape and get to that point, will they still be a brand with us in five years and 10 years and 20 years? I don't know. But you can look a lot of, look at a lot of the big brands who didn't really look at where things were going and what was happening and decided to stay the same course and they're not with us anymore. So I definitely think it's something that needs to be considered yeah. very seriously by brands. You know, how can we not give up control, but make it a lot easier to personify who we are. Great, great. And, and we're looking at where like this conversation is going and then talking about future of marketing and where we're we heading. For someone who wants to be at the pinnacle of their career, like yourself, Brooke, in a few <laughs> years from today, what is the advice that you can give our listeners if they can take this one with them and say, I want to be at the pinnacle of my career, like Brooke? And that's what I've learned. Gosh. Well, there's so many things I've learned um, owning my own company. But I think that my biggest advice would be to document everything. Um, Because everything I do today has a process or a workflow behind it, which saves me time and saves me money. Um, 
So, you know, all of those things that you write down in your head, I actually have notebooks that I can go back for the entire six years of owning B Squared Media where I've written everything down. And from time to time, I'll go back through and look at some of the stuff that I wrote down and I'll get a fabulous idea from something maybe that I wrote down two years ago but didn't come to fruition. So for me, it's, you know, document everything and then figure out how you can put that information into a workflow or a process so that every day you're going through your steps to complete something, whether it's social media or not. And it will make things over time become so much faster and easier. Mm -hmm. And when you're spending less time on things that may become easier, yeah. you're, you're saving yourself money. Yeah. I, I I know you you coming in. I just want to add something, Greg, which I, I think it's an important aspect for this this last part of the conversation is creating a process in a structure. It's what allows you to be more creative, right? If I understand what you're saying, document, process, learn, and then you're mastering the fundamentals, so we can then be more creative. Then you can produce greater work. It, is that is that the takeaway yeah. that I'm getting from this? Oh, definitely. I mean, definitely so. And then I think also one of the number thing, one thing people forget with processes is that they, they need constant refinement, right? So what mm -hmm. I built as my process six years ago isn't the same process today. And with social media, as you guys know, I don't have to tell you, you have to make iterations all the time because things change constantly. So don't forget to give your you know, your checklist or your workflow or your process, whatever you want to call it, um, a, a, an update from time to time, because, you know, if you don't do that, you could get, you could still get stuck in a, in a rut. Yeah. That's really sound advice, Brooke. Uh, because if you're not, you know, I've heard people say this in so many ways, you know, particularly today, if you're not shaking it up all the time, you're not moving forward you may be standing still if you're lucky, but you're probably moving backwards because everyone else is moving past you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that is the truth. And, and that's the not truth. where you want to be. <laughs> she is Brooke B. Sellis. She's the founder and CEO of B squared media, letter B squared dot media on Twitter and Facebook at hello B squared. She's on Twitter at Brooke Sellis, S E L L A S. I'm also with Fabio Tambosi. Tambosi Creative Leadership. Uh, his website is FabioTambosi.com on Twitter at FTambosi and Facebook, Tambosi Creative. Brooke, thanks so much for joining us. It's amazing what that simple hello that we started this interview with led to. And of course, I'm alluding to one of her slogans, which is a simple hello can lead to a million things because think conversation, not campaign. Great stuff. Thanks for joining Thank us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You guys have been great. Thank you for listening to this Encore podcast presentation from Forbes Books at ForbesBooks.com. <laughs>